Halloween. Here's a tale you may never have heard before. The Halloween sweets at Poison Bradford. Handful of sweets, synonymous with Halloween, as spooky costumes or ghoulish pumpkins. But on 31st of October 1858, his normally harmless treat killed seven rural children, causing panic across Bradford and rapidly rising death toll. This is how a mix up pharmacy rooted in trying to save a few pennies on sugar, rocked Victorian Britain and changed UK laws. When William Hardlake shut up shop for a day, he no doubt congratulated himself on a successful day trade. Market stallholder, known to many as Humbug Billy, had not only sold five pounds of peppermint dodges to the people of Bradford that day, he got them at a knockdown price to begin with. When he collected the sweets from the wholesaler, he noticed they were darker than usual, so he haggled a confection of Joseph Neal and saved half a penny per pound. I think his failure to question the quality would be a costly mistake. By nightfall the next day, several of his customers were dead. Initially, the doctors saw nine year old Leech. Elijah Wright, in the early hours of Halloween 1858, thought the boy had died from cholera. Surgeon John Roberts thought the symptoms vomiting, vomiting, vomiting and convulsions were constant, consistent with disease which was rife in England. And an hour later, Joseph Scott's father left their home in Railwood Street to fetch a doctor for his 14-year-old son, who was suddenly violently ill. By the time he returned, it was too late. Both it later transpired and brought sweets from Humbug Billy the day before, but a connection had not been made, yet been made. It's John Harvey Bell who suspected the sweets when he arrived at Jove at Wet Street about 3 a.m. p.m. Orlando Baron Five and his brother John Henry Free were lying dead before him. The father had been ill that morning and two others in the house were also sick. All of them had eaten sweets. The doctor sent some of the, ke- the chemist Felix Marsh Rivington to be tested. As the day wore on, reports began pouring in. From all over the district, people were ill and dying. And learned about sweets from the barons, barons. The police went to the hard acres at home and learned he was not only sick in bed from eating these dainty wares, but he sold about one thousand sweets the day before. Police were horrified to discover there were so many sweets in circulation, says Dr. Lauren Paget. Assistant curator of collections of Bradford District Museums and Galleries. This point is getting late and into Sunday evening. They went out to the streets ringing bells to get people's attention, belling warnings they were going from pub to pub, telling people don't eat those sweets, they're poison. Warning notices were swiftly printed and put up in public places. A list of those that were dead or dangerously ill were published in Bradford Observer. And by 4th of November, the toll reached 18, with the youngest age just 
17 months. The newspaper described a growing list of casualties, most dreadful calamity that perhaps ever befell the district, spreading, suffering, mourning and woe. Texas were quick to piece together how the sweets had been spiked. They followed the trail from Hardacre to Neal, who thought he replaced some of the coastly sugar sweets of Plaster Paris. It's a common practice in the 19th century, use of power order, often known as draft, place of expensive ingredients that be brought that could be bought cheaply from pharmacies. What Neil didn't know is that on the day he spent, sent his colleagues to collect the draft, druggist Charles Hogson was sick and simply told his untrained apprentice, William Goddard, there where to find it. Unfortunately, there were two unmasked casts of white powder in the room, one containing an incocerous draft, the other poisonous arsenic. Goddard went to the barrel. He soon contained plaster Paris, Collected twelve pounds of it, give it to the young lad, who t- took it back to the confectioners, whose other employer began to make lozenges and mixed it in. Says Doctor Pageant. He himself became really unwell from being exposed to arsenic, rather than alarm bells going off. He carried on making them. A calamitous series of events continued when Humbug Billy picked up his order and simply negotiated a discount rate. On the old looking sweets before stealing selling them them on store he store at Green Market, which later became Ren Ren Market. When chemist Remington analysed them, he told the inquest he found arsenic in great abundance in significant quality to stir life. In one more lodger alone he found fifty sixteen grams of arsenic. Four times the amount considered poisonous dose enough to kill someone several times over. This is a phenomenal amount of arsenic, says sweet and confectionery historian Alex Hutchinson. To us in the 21st century consumers, it seems mad. It's astonishing poisonous stuff. as was didn't taste of anything that could be stored in an unmarked barrel next to something else that wasn't labelled, could not be handed. Could just be handed over the counter to anyone. Poisoning sparked public outcry, and newspapers all over the country covered the case in depth. Artist John Leach perhaps became as well known for his drawing Punch magazine of a skeleton pounding sugar in a sweet shop as he was illustrating the first edition of Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol. The suffering was most first felt most in Bradford, where city. Now a city, and in a town of 50,000 people, where for brief time it was a dreadful plague that had smitten us, wrote the Bradford Reserver. Especially 20 people died, many of them children died, and further 200 people were seriously ill. The Dr. Pageant's specs a number probably far higher, because the sweets were brought, also found in Leeds, as far as Bolton. And quite, it was been a quite harrowing for everyone. She says, Bradford was very close-knit, so when something happened to the community, everything was affected by it, which is what might happening in this case. It's likely people knew someone who'd been killed. And ultimately, Bradford poisons highlighted the importance of showing safety medicines, consumer products, according to the Royal Pharmaceutical Society, held Russia the Pharmacy Act of 1868, which not only limited sales of poisons and dangerous drugs, qualified pharmacists and druggists 
established a regularly regularity framework for the sale of poisons to this day requires drugs to be properly labelled. Had been enforced a decade earlier, it might have prevented Goddard from both picking the wrong barrel and selling the powder, but it wouldn't have solved the boulder issue of adulterating foods. The ministry needed a regulation reform, says Mrs. Hutchinson. Up until eighteen twenty, most of us had been living in villages or small towns. We knew people providing our food. By the industrial revolution, manufacturers were making things in large quantities, adding substances to loot the food, either to preserve its shelf life, make it look nicer, or make make it cheaper. That was the problem in Bradford. Lobbering advertise adulteration was. Eventually passed in 1875, former Sale Drug, Food and Drugs Act. A warnings could only be heeded mu- much earlier, says Mrs. Hutchinson. In 1820, chemist Frederick Elkham wrote his book Death in a Pot, a common foods like milk, flour, beer, and sweets with rude tuning the turpent with. Elkham Books was the best, huge bestseller. You want consumers to be on their guard, it's hard to get wise and fat. There were alterations in their food, he says, but there, there wasn't the utilisation to protect people. I think Bradford was kind of the final last straw. Though laws are put in place to vent a tragedy like Bradford's happening to again, it's perhaps shocking to learn that no one faced any criminal charges. Humbug Billy was never arrested, but was left paralysed with the effects of eating his accommodated sweets. Neil Goddard and Hutchison were arrested for manslaughter. When Chris colluded, latter was guilty, though it conceded that arsenic been sold accidentally, mixed under suspicion, suspicion that it was a draft. The York Assessies, which re- wasn't reached, didn't reach the same judgment, and all three were eventually acquitted December 1858. Grand Jury dismissed the indictments against Neil and Goddard and according to Bradford Observer, the judge himself stopped the prosecution against Holcham. No other result was uh, was to be anticipated, the court report read. The only real criminal thing in the whole affair was the law could not touch the practice of adulteration and supply a draft for that purpose. If the calamity teaches this lesson, it will not have been useless. Yeah, and the chain of events led to the Bradford poison things with a sheer incompetence, as Mrs. Hutchinson. But as a Halloween story, it's a kind of gruesome one. I quite agree. Don't you?